This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Dr. Danny Murray talks about his journey to Catholicism. Why was committing to the Catholic Church so difficult? Who influenced him? What surprise did he receive a week after entering the church? Well, let's find out. Dr. Danny Murray is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Cody Marincer. I want to welcome in Dr. Danny Murray. Dr. Danny is a convert to Catholicism, so this is great. This almost sounds like a joke to two converts sit down in a Catholic radio station. (laughs) How do we start this? Danny's bio here. Let me read this to you guys. Danny is a Pennsylvania native who met a sweet Kansas girl while he was in graduate school at the University of Kentucky. At that time, his soon-to-be wife, Seely. So Seely was working on her master's degree from Asbury Theological Seminary. So this seminary follows the teachings of John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church. So doctors Danny and Seely are chiropractors in Great Bend and are members of the Prince of Peace Parish and have been been married for 21 years. They, along with their two other members of their family, were confirmed into the Catholic Church this year at the Easter Vigil. So, along with myself, welcome home. Thank you. Uh, that is awesome. You guys can't see, but we actually we look quite a bit alike, too. His hair is a little bit shorter than mine. We're both almost bald. Right. Um, we both have beards. So this this is almost like right. a joke. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm better looking, though, man. Oh, probably. Yes, yes. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> but, but yeah, very nice to meet you, sir. So you're a convert to Catholicism. Yeah. So first, yeah, maybe we ought to start with your background here. Okay. Um, let you tell us a little bit about so your faith growing up. Um, how was it practiced okay. and everything? And then we'll break in a little bit more about your story. Okay. So I'll let you go. Sure. Um, so uh, like you said, I was born uh, and raised in rural western Pennsylvania. And our family at the time, we didn't really have a major faith tradition. And so I remember that uh, my mother told me that when I was about two years old, she became saved, as they say, uh, through watching a Billy Graham uh, crusade on television. So she didn't know where to go to church, but she felt like she needed to. So she started going to a Methodist church. When I was five years old, I was baptized in the Methodist church. Then as I got older, my mother moved towards more of a charismatic type church and eventually landed in the Pentecostal church. And so uh, when I graduated from high school, I was attending a Pentecostal church. Okay. And so that's really my faith tradition is is the Pentecostal church, really. Obviously, there's all kinds of different um in all kinds of different backgrounds of Christianity and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, did you understand Catholicism as you were growing up? Uh, what were your thoughts about Catholicism or anything like um, that as you were growing up? Or? Uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, they were wrong. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> what I was too, <laughs> You know, um, there was a lot of, uh, I would say, bias towards the Catholic Church. You know, we were taught, you know, you know, that Catholics worship Mary and that's idolatry. They didn't read the Bible. Uh-huh. They didn't know the Bible. And um, 
surprisingly, you know, they didn't even use the, they, according to what I was taught, they, they didn't even use the Bible during Mass, which, of course, we all know that that's not true. And this sounds a little bit blunt, but we were taught that Catholics were not likely to make it to heaven uh-huh. and that they were not uh, real Christians at all and that the church was evil. And, you know, they would show us examples of that, you know, um, over the history of when the church had significant corruption, you know. So it's one of those things that I, it was not, it was very discouraged. Okay. You know, I didn't really associate even with other Catholic kids my age. Like, it was not encouraged. So I was taught basically to stay away from them because they were, they were deceived, you know. So, you know, it wasn't a good thing to be Catholic, and you really shouldn't associate with Catholics, basically, is what, what I was led to believe, you know. So, okay. I would say from, you know, living on the East Coast and then living here that the anti-Catholic sentiment is a little bit more significant on the East Coast, especially in certain communities. Here, there's a lot more acceptance from Protestants, but, yeah, so. Yeah. It wasn't a good, it wasn't good. Okay. To even consider it. And so um, when I went to college, I went to Penn State, I lived in the honors dorms, and I made a bunch of friends with Catholics. And I was surprised that they were really good people. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I started going to Mass with them on Wednesday nights, and then I would go to the Pentecostal church on Sundays. Family was not happy with that. So I, yeah. I kind of kept it under wraps. You mentioned uh, that you started to go to Mass with your friends. What on God's green earth would make you do that? <laughs> Why um, would you start going you know, to Mass? As a young kid, I was shy in school. I just wanted friends. Mm-hmm. You know, and these, you know, they seemed like great people. And I studied with them, you know, and I just got to know them. And, um, you know, they, uh, some of them had gone to um, Steubenville. Uh, for uh-huh. for retreats and things of that nature. And they were really excited to be Catholic. And um, it was different. And in some ways, you know, as a kid, that's a little bit rebellious, you know. Uh-huh. And that is attractive, you know. And But at the end of the day, it was really their witness. Um, they loved the church. Uh, and it was exciting, you know. It was neat to be around people that were that devoted. There are youth out there that love the Catholic Church. Oh, amen, sir. Oh, there boy. sure are. <laughs> See, I still got a little bit of a Protestant. <laughs> That's okay. But um, because there are definitely things that we'll probably get into. It there are things that um, I do love um, from my Protestant background too. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, because mine is a little bit different than yours in, in the fact that. Um, I wasn't like taught anti-Catholicism by my parents or family mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, there's some of my extended family that um, are Catholic, right. um, and uh, and so mine, I think I was just picked up from society, right. and so mine was just my own idiocracy. I, I think yours actually then was from the church you went to, if I'm understanding that correctly, right. and, and and family and yeah. stuff like that. And so, okay, but. Um, did they invite you to go to mass then? Oh, yeah. and, okay, oh, yeah. so that's kind of a big thing. And is, they would hey, about drag me when I wasn't in the mood too. Okay. I mean, they were very excited. Awesome. So, so yes, yeah. don't feel bad about inviting people to mass. Yes, okay, please don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll let you continue on. So, you know, I really thought a lot about telling my story, and some of what I want to say, I just want to make sure I get it correctly. Yeah. So I actually wrote some stuff. 
that's that okay. I want to read um, because I want to make sure if that's cool. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so my wife, uh, she's from this area, uh-huh. and she was raised a Methodist. When we got married, you know, we looked at a few different churches, but honestly, like I preferred the Pentecostal tradition, and so it ended up going to a Pentecostal church. And so we attended a Pentecostal church in Great Bend from 2011 until the spring of 2019. In May of that year, we really started to question what we believed and where we belonged in regards to our faith. And we decided to leave the church that we were attending and we resigned our membership. To be honest with you, I think it may sound mean, and, I, and that's not my intention to my, um, my Protestant friends, is that I felt like it was, a, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made because it really, I had a chance to step back and evaluate what I really believed about my Christian faith. And so... Can I, may sure. I ask really quick, not to derail you, may I ask what, what kind of facilitated that? Just some things that I became disappointed in some okay. of my fellow Christians, and it hurt, you know, and I had never experienced that before. Okay. You know, it just... Okay. So I took a step back. For, a while, for about a month or two, I just didn't even consider. I needed to take some time away. Okay. You know, I, I slowly decided that I really needed to figure out why I believed what I believed, not because yeah. somebody told me to, yeah. uh, you know, like my, my parents or, or whoever. I just really needed to discover on my own. So I started researching the basics. Where did Christianity come from? Uh, things like that. And a lot of that were not taught as Protestants. And so I just took some time away from church altogether. And I was glad I did in some ways because it really helped me focus. Um, I struggle with social anxiety and big crowds, so I was okay with not going to church. Yeah. I don't like getting up early, you know, like, yeah. I was fine with it, and I kind of let it go on longer than it should have, you know, before I... One of the things about living in a small town is that, as a professional, people constantly ask you to go to their church, and a lot of, I'm pretty open about who I am as a person, and I'm not quiet about my love for the Lord. And so, you know, getting asked, you know, you have to be kind of careful because people get offended easily. You know, <laughs> why don't you want to go to my church? Or if I go to their church, why didn't you come back? Why didn't you like it? Oh, so gosh, you have yeah. to, as a business owner in a small town, you have to be a little bit careful, you know, public relations wise. And then, then COVID happened. And that gave me a great excuse not to go to church. Oh, yeah. That gave lots of people yeah. a great excuse. Yeah, and some of you folks listening need to get back to church, but, and you know who you are. <laughs> That's right. Um, but one of the things I learned when I was in the Pentecostal church from them was that uh, it was really the, the purest form of Christian faith expression, and that this was how the apostles worshiped God. That's what I was told and taught, I mean, from, from a child growing up in that. And uh, I just took everybody's word for it. I took my mother's word for it. I took pastors, elders in the church. And I just figured that they had more knowledge of Christianity than I did. So that's, you know, I didn't question it up to this point. And then in um, August of 2020, I lost my father-in-law. And we were very close. And uh, it was rough. Yeah. Um, He took his own life. And uh, that tore me apart. And at that time, we talked and prayed about it. And my mother-in-law, we asked her to come live with us. Did they, you know, help her? And, mm-hmm. and so I finally decided I had to man up and really move forward with this and decide, you know, um, as men, we're supposed to be spiritual heads of our homes. 
and so now I had my mother-in-law and my wife both to, to you know, to guide and things, and it, I, I took that responsibility uh, really serious. So I really approached it because I have a you know scientific background as a you know biology former biology teacher. I wanted to be very like unbiased and non-secular and approach Christianity from a completely sterile environment, if you follow me. <laughs> but anyway, I started really like looking at where everything came from and I started, hey, this is what Protestants think. This is what they think about the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, maybe that's right. Maybe it's not. But I just really started from the ground up. As a Protestant, I viewed the Bible as the sole source of Christian thought and it was the guide to walk out your faith. That's what I was taught. Then I started, when I was going through this, I saw inconsistencies. Inconsistencies when I talked to a Methodist or a Baptist or a Pentecostal or whatever, and you have a piece of scripture and they all interpret it differently. They're all very sincere people. Mm -hmm. They're all saying that they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So why would the Holy Spirit be inconsistent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so these thousands of Christian denominations, why, who's right? Yeah. You know, and that became super frustrating. And it, it really started becoming sketchy in my mind. Like, why, you know, why these big differences? So I started um, buying more books and researching church history, which, by the way, I bought quite a few books down here at this, <laughs> is it Messenger? <laughs> Messenger, so, traditional Catholic Yeah, they're Catholic awesome, yes. by the way. You should go down there. Um, <laughs> I you know, I, I, I had never known this, which is ridiculous. That I was I was a Christian this long. I didn't know that um, that the Catholic, the early church compiled the Bible. I, I never knew yeah. that. I just took it for granted. And, and I learned more about the history. Well, it's kind of like when, so I'll, I'll let you kind of gather your thoughts you're giving us so much stuff and you know i've said this with other guests but i think you and i could sit down for about a 10 hour chunk of time oh yeah you know we can man Um, but you know for me um first off here is my view of the catholic church and like i said this was just my own pridefulness and my own Mm -hmm. idiocracy i thought the pope was just like some really old evil dude and um, Catholics mm-hmm. were just like, you know what lemmings are? Yes. Yeah, like these little things that would just follow oh, each other off, off of a cliff. cliff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's all I thought Catholics were. Why? I don't know. I guess that's just what culture right. had fed mm-hmm. me. And the, and so that's all I thought Catholicism right. was. And yes, I to some for some stupid, I'd been in a Catholic church before, but for some stupid reason, I don't know that I really knew Catholics were Christians. Yeah. I mean, I'd seen Christ on a crucifix in a Catholic, Mm -hmm. but did I know they were Christians? Not really. Like I said, none of it was family bias Mm -hmm. or anything, just my own idiocracy. And and so, yeah, a lot of that, when when you're talking about a lot of this stuff, when I started, that's what happened is I had to actually, just like you, I had to sit down finally when uh, I was getting ready to get married and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. My wife, she was Catholic, and she 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 put it to me. She she was like, "If you were to go to a church, where would you go?" Yeah. Because at this time, I hadn't I hadn't walked in a right. church for years. Yeah. And I was like, "Huh, I'm about to marry this lady. <laughs> I want to have a family someday." And like you, how am I going to be? What am I going to want my children to follow anything you know and and so yeah very much so like the things that, that you are the, saying the just man resonate. Of the household, you really it's a big responsibility 
yeah. when it comes to faith. Yeah, and so if so. you've never, yeah, exactly. If you've never actually sat down and gone, okay, right. why do I believe the things that I believe? Then you owe it to yourself to right. sit down and go, okay. Um, and, and like you were saying, the thing that triggered that in me was the, I've heard, you know, so many people have heard this. Well, the Catholic Church added, or added seven books to the, wait, no, go do history. Mm-hmm. We didn't add anything. That's literally Somebody yeah, I was took just se- say, Okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't like, let me take. You know, one of the things that, you know, I found out that Martin Luther removed books from the Bible. So Catholic Church, they were, orig- those books were there. Yeah. And Martin were. Luther took them out. Yeah. And there's different arguments on why that is. But the kicker is, is who gave him the authority to do that? He chose to do that on his own, you know? And so that didn't set with me. And, you know, I felt cheated. So those books were in the Bible for 1,500 years, and he took them out. Who is this guy, you know? I started this, the idea of sola scriptura dissolved and started to unravel. And that was one of the keys to me becoming Catholic, was I realized that there was more. There was more to the Christian faith. And, um, I didn't know about St. Peter founding the church. I didn't want to become Catholic. I had no intention of becoming Catholic. You know, I was, you know, like what I said, you know, Catholics were, you know, a little strange. Uh, I certainly didn't want to become one. I was just investigating the Christian faith. And uh, it just moved forward. And then, you know, I, I started looking at some of the things that had happened over history that weren't the best in the church. And I tried to think about that and the the ideas of sin and things like that yeah and um uh there's sin in every church because there are people there and so you know it's it's real easy to criticize a 2000 year old institution for their mistakes and so i moved forward you know because there's there's sin in every church yeah you know so then i started kind of thinking that maybe the catholics were right I didn't want to believe that, but I started to. And so I started sneaking out on Sunday mornings <laughs> to go to Mass at 8 a.m. on Sunday. Now, my wife, she is a night owl, and I'm a morning person, so uh, I thought I'd leave early and do the 8 a.m. Mass. I certainly didn't want any of my patients to see me or anybody in the community, so I sat in the back and hid. I'm like, what's this all about? My initial response was, boy, these people aren't very friendly. I later figured out that it's about reverence. You know, when you first <laughs> yeah. walk into a ch- Protestant church, hey, how you doing? Would you like, you know, they have a, a coffee shop in the lobby. Would you, would you like a, a co- you know, and they're, I mean, but then I realized that it was about when you step into that church, you're in front of the Lord. And so then I got it, then I got it. And I th- initially thought it was boring and a lot of people that I that are lapsed Catholics that I know, they see it as boring. But to be honest with you, it's not boring if you really understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah. You you, you sound like. Have you read Rome Sweet Home? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I figured. Yeah. You were. yeah I mean, <laughs> your man, story sounds a lot like his. We we as this this evolved with us. Um, we just bought books and books and books, and yeah. uh, we have discussions in the evening between my wife and mother in law and I, and it just. You know, it was like a, a, a snowball rolling down a hill, man. It was, it was really interesting. And again, I had no intention 
I've become a Catholic, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's, you know, I can't do that. We need to take a break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. We'll be right back with more from Dr. Danny Murray on his journey to Catholicism. We're back on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. Journey to Catholicism. One body, stewarding God's creation. With Dr. Danny Murray. One body, one body. Cody Marincer conducts the interview. One body, stewarding God's creation. And we are on with Dr. Danny Murray talking about his conversion to Catholicism. And uh, Dr. Murray, I'm going to let you continue with your story, let sure. you pick up where you kind of left off there. Well, one of the things that, you know, I started investigating all those things that Protestants had problems with and the way they thought that the Catholic, you know, felt and the Catholic Church felt and believed. And I found out that the majority of them were not true. All these things that we were. Um, led to believe with um, the Blessed Mother um, and, and, and all these different things, they were simply, this is not actually what Catholics believed. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes from an area of unbiased. Uh, when a Protestant wants to know what a Catholic believes, they read a Protestant's book, yeah. if you follow me. They never asked Catholics what they believed. Yeah. And so this just perpetuated. And the other big challenge, and you may be aware of this, is there a lot of uh, young, especially cradle Catholics, that, you know, their grandma told them this, but that doesn't mean it was necessarily in the catechism. Mm -hmm. And so there are things that they were, had bad um, training or, you know, learning. And one of the challenges is, is that they were children when most of them learned it. Yeah. And so they didn't quite get, catch it. And so a, a lot of my friends who are lapsed Catholics, they really don't know. Yeah. They don't know what, why they don't like the Catholic Church. They just thought it was boring, and they have guilt from their grandmother uh, making them go. Yeah. And so I just investigated that just systematically, every major topic. And, I mean, a long time. And then I started rounding the corner, and I thought, well, maybe this is true. You know, maybe this is the truth. And it was the Eucharist that was the turning point for me. <laughs> me too. So as, you know, a science major and stuff like that, you know, like, okay, so this is, this is kind of <laughs> kooky, you know, you know, it's, they've done tests, you know, it, it doesn't actually turn into the literal body and blood of Jesus Christ, you know, those types of things. But when I was reading the church fathers and I brought it along today, but it was St. Ignatius of Antioch and it was the letter uh, that he wrote to the, to Smyrna. Do you have what year this is, by the way? Yes. The idea? Well, it's approximately, it kind of varies depending on what scholar you're talking okay. to. Okay. Uh, somewhere between 107 and 110. See, but that's what, yeah, I didn't really carry the exact year, but this is the funny thing because when I started doing research too, you, you start talking about early Christian writers mm -hmm. and uh, church fathers and stuff, and what you find is um, there's no such thing as a Protestant writer in Mm -hmm. the first centuries when you talk right. about christian writers you're talking about 
Catholicism. Exactly. Amen, man. And, and so that's what I ran into also mm-hmm. is like I actually have my students at, um, at TMP do this. I, I have them actually do a Google search. I, ty- mm-hmm. I have them type in first century Protestant writers. And, and one of my students, they, they're like, oh, one of them goes, this is so frustrating. I'm not finding anything. <laughs> and one of them finally got it. And they go, they looked up at me and they smiled and they go, there is nothing, is there? And I'm like, no, there's not. Right. Why is that? Yeah. You know, and so they had to do some research, but not to take too much away from you, I went. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm reading this. It was from a secular, non-biased. Okay. This, so I was like, okay, so, you know, I want to be unbiased. And um, it talks about, he, he was writing a letter to condemn the heretics of the day that were saying that this was not the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ when the priests consecrated it. And, I mean, that was a huge deal then. This was, what, 70 years after Christ was crucified. Yeah. 70 years. A lot of people don't realize how long 2,000 years is. Yeah. I thought this was something they made up in the Middle Ages, you know, because, you (laughs) know, for some secret Catholic reason, you know. Yeah. But, um... It was from day one. Yeah. There are other sources besides this letter, if you if you look at them, that are historical yeah. letters, not you know Catholic-based letters. It's historical evidence, and that blew me away. Yeah. Uh, in that moment, in my heart, I became Catholic. When I saw that, I knew it was true. When I read this in this letter. I was alone in my man cave at my desk down in the basement, and I read that, and I knew it was, that's when I knew that this was the truth. And I started crying because I knew that this is what God wanted for me. And I, I was very terrified. I was like, oh my goodness, I cannot become Catholic. <laughs> like, oh, you know, I just, I just like, I, people. That goosebumps. And people, you know, people, um, will think I'm crazy. You know, I'm a big personality, and I'm aware of that. I'm an emotional person. And, um, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I was afraid. Would I lose friends? Uh, Would I lose patients? Um, What would my family think? Um, What would my wife think? You know? And those are all real fears. So um, I wasn't quite ready to, like, I knew that I was supposed to be Catholic, but I was not... Ready I had to, to make a decision <laughs> if I was going to be obedient to that. Yeah. And so um, I prayed about it. My wife and I went to Maui. And I had been researching, you know, Catholic saints and stuff of Hawaii. And um, one morning we got up really early and went to the top of the volcano on the island of Maui. And I had been learning about Father Damien of Molokai, who was a, a, a priest that, that was serving a leopard colony in, on the island of Molokai, and he, you know, brutal situation. He ended up dying for his faith, and uh, wow. the church made him a saint. But one of the things, you know, he was a, um, a saint of outcasts. And I always kind of felt like I was a little bit of an outcast. And so when we were at the top of the mountain, the clouds were beneath us. It was really cold, and I saw the, the sun come up. And um, I saw the light from the sun hit the island of Maui. It's like 40 miles away. I saw that. And that was the first time I'd ever prayed to a saint. And I thought, 
I was going to be struck dead by a bolt of lightning, but but um, but I did, and I, I you know I asked Father Damien to 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 intervene for me that I think I had to actually do this, and um, you know, so I came down off that mountain, and I knew for sure. I started talking to my wife. She didn't like getting up at the 8 a.m. So we went <laughs> Saturday nights, which was a lot better. And um, so she started going with me. My mother-in-law started going with me. We started talking as a family every night. We started reading things, and we became more and more sure. Um, I bought, or I, I bought, I, I got a spiritual director, and from oh. uh, the Dominican Sisters of Peace, they have certain people that do that. My wife has had a spiritual director, uh, Sister Renee Dryling, there um, at the Dominican Sisters of Peace and Great Band. And so we started surrounding ourselves with people that we could ask questions about. Yeah. Um, we enrolled in RCIA, and um, Luke, Luke uh, Blair, he is, um, uh, I, I think it's technically called the parochial assistant down there, who's an amazing guy, by the way, Luke. He helped guide our family. At some point in, I think, June of 21, I sent a text message out to all my friends and family saying that, well, I've been researching this for years. I wanted to become Catholic. I thought I'd give them a heads up so it wasn't so shocking. Uh -huh. And, um, excuse me, so one of, the, one of the text messages I sent was to my brother-in-law uh -huh. in Wichita. And he is a very analytical person. He's a retired Air Force. He used to be an Air Force recruiter. He understands psychology and things like uh -huh. that. A tremendous amount of respect for him. I always have. And uh, he never texted me back. I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, maybe he's busy, whatever. Yeah. And um, we moved forward. We really didn't talk much about it. Later, he said, okay, he was being supportive of us three deciding to become Catholic. And when we got to, right before, about three or four weeks before Easter Vigil, he told us that he couldn't come to our confirmation. And between you and, well, between you and me and everybody else. And everybody else yeah, out in the world. <laughs> um, I was hurt feelings by that. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you said you'd be supportive. But he finally came to our house the next weekend, and he told us the reason was because he was going to his own confirmation. No way. Yeah. He had <laughs> secretly started, when I sent that text message, he secretly started researching the Catholic Church, and he came to the same logical conclusion. And so... I've had goosebumps for like the last 10 minutes, just so everybody knows. Old brother? No, listening to your story is just... <laughs> I cannot... But, but yeah, and so it just became this cascade of joy. And um, that's what as the you figured are, out, I am not a loud person, or I am a loud person, and so I just started talking to people, and um, we starting started dragging as many lap, lapsed Catholics back to churches that we could, you know, and that's that's where we are. Wow! So that's how this all came about, really. What was it like then? So we're at the point of you having, being confirmed, receiving your first Holy Eucharist. Right. What's this like for you? Well, um, to be honest with you, when I was at Penn State mm -hmm. going Wednesday nights to Mass, while I know this isn't kosher, the priest allowed us to, to, to take the Eucharist. Yeah, that's definitely not kosher. <laughs> no, it isn't. And I, of course, I didn't know. I uh -huh. was like, you know, 18, 19, kind of dumb. Sure. Uh, still I am, but... Everybody else is doing uh, it. Why not? You know, and, and he said it was cool. And so, um, and that's one of the things I had to tell the priest at first confession because I was like, mm, you know, 
you I know, just, just found out I wasn't supposed to be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was amazing when it was legitimate. It was amazing. It was mm-hmm. beautiful. It was very powerful. You know, the tears. We've had so much support from the Great Bend community, uh, the parish, the Dominican Sisters of Peace, the Axe community down there. And, you know, my mother-in-law told me that it was cool to say this, but she sobbed. She sobbed. That is fantastic. We finally felt like we were real Christians. We finally felt like we were home. Yeah. And then we finally got there. This is where we were supposed to be. It was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, um, during everyone's Christian walk, you have times where you feel closer to God and you have times where you're more distant. And, you know, it was kind of the highlight of things. And so I think people sometimes, when it's been a while, really, when they they thought about their faith, they seem to fall away a little bit. But if you're one of those people, I really think you're listening. I really think that um, God wants you back. He wants you to hold his hand and come back. And um, that's one of those things that, you know, as I'm figuring out where my place is, you know, and things like that in the church, yeah. that I told one of my, my new Catholic friends, I'm like, if, if you know somebody that's kind of lapsed in their faith, their faith, you just you just sit them next to me because I'll get them worked up about it. <laughs> you know, I'll get them excited, and um, I know that I'm at the peak of that excitement. Yeah, and I know it'll come down some. Yeah, but I think people, if you surround yourself with really devout Catholics, that that will continue. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know from from both of our backgrounds, um, both of us know, um, you know, there's just some amazing Protestant people out there, people who are on fire for their faith, love the Lord, Mm -hmm. have amazing prayer lives and everything like that. Um, The thing that I found that I was missing, it's kind of like this for me. Um, I heard someone explain it this way and I was like, yep. You can have an amazing dating life. But what I was missing before I became Catholic was I, I wanted to be married to the Lord just like I wanted to be married to my wife. And that's what the Eucharist is. Mm-hmm. That's why we have altars right. in the Catholic mm-hmm. Church. It's because we get to go there every time right. we're at Mass and we get to offer ourselves back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and when so I that's really like, like figured out whoa. that concept, it was just, um, it was just so powerful. And, um, there were moments where I was actually somewhat annoyed and angry that this is, I'm 46 years old, and this is the first time I've heard about this, yeah. you know? I feel like I've missed out. And uh, so, yeah, it's incredibly powerful, all the, yeah. um, the intricate things that are happening in Mass. In some ways, I think if, if you're bored in Mass, it's your own fault. You need to learn what is happening. You need to learn the beauty of it. Yeah, you, gotta, you need to learn that it's a sacrament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a sacrament. No, it's sacred. Yeah. It's a sac- yeah. Yeah. So. Dr. Marie, yeah. so since it hasn't been a very long time, you know, what are some of the joys that you've experienced? You've already told us a little bit about that. You know, you've told us you are an emotional guy, so, right. so you, you don't have a problem just kind of sharing that with us. But mm-hmm. what are some of the joys? But then also, what are some of maybe the difficulties that have come along with um, your journey so right. far? So, I mean, the joys are just unbelievable acceptance, um, the feeling that we're home uh, in, in the parish and in the church. There's so many different 
things, I mean, when I first started this journey, I honestly, I'm the type of guy that before I become Catholic, I have to learn everything. And <laughs> yeah. then I realized that that was not, <laughs> That's possible. not possible. I mean, I hit the, <laughs> the major things that were the most important. And so, but like working with people, um, the Acts ministry, um, different types of ministry stuff, and it's been really powerful. Total overwhelming support by the community. And some of the drawbacks um, and the difficulties was relationships. Yeah. You know, I did lose a few friends. Uh-huh. Surprisingly, I did lose a few patients. Not a ton, which I'm not quite sure where they're going to go for chiropractic services because the two other main offices in the, the, the community are both a Catholic doctors, so I'm not right, quite sure that, and who are wonderful men. But those types of difficulties, family, you know, uh, stuff like that, yeah. and, you know, those kinds of things. So it's been... And one of those things that I would just like to say is that there are some amazing, loving Protestants. Yeah. And some of them are, are at the church that I used to attend. They're amazing people. I know a lot of ministers. They're good people. Yeah. I just don't agree with them. Yeah. You know, and you can love somebody and still not agree with them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's challenging at times. But um, the great thing is that I have my wife and mother-in-law and my brother-in-law you know, to support us. And, you know, my sponsor was my office manager, Terry, that's worked in our office for years, 12 years or something. So, you know, we really have had a tremendous amount of support. So I think the good outweighs the bad. And, you know, you find out who your friends are, if they're really, in my case, like Team Danny, they'll yeah. love you regardless, you know. And so that's been good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's been a test of some relationships, but at the end of the day, you know, we've been very supported. Yeah, yeah, I would I would think the same thing too. If somebody was, um, if somebody was making a true shot at the spiritual life and said, mm-hmm. "I think this is where God is leading me," mm-hmm. yeah, that's a little bit different than somebody just is like, "Yeah, I'm just jumping ship." Right. <laughs> you know? well, one um, of the things that, that was hard for me, and I could see it, was. In some of these different denominations, every time somebody got bent out of shape, they, the church would split. Yeah. And then there was an, another building that was sitting empty, and then they would go somewhere else, and there would be a dust-up, and the church would split. Yeah. And um, there's something systemically wrong with that, in my opinion. Why is this happening? And it's happening all over the United States, you know. But that's not happening in like 2,000 years of history. That means something. With all its ups and downs and its troubled times and, and beauty, it's still there. You know? And um, that's, you think about that, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, that is. Now, and, and so maybe we've got a few minutes left here. Um, something that I would like you to pass on then is, you know, there are a lot of people that are in your position that are maybe like, yeah, I hear what he's saying, but I I don't know that I'm quite ready to make Mm -hmm. the leap yet either. Um, One thing is I would say, I I remember going to RCIA, I remember looking down at the paper and looking at it like it was a venomous snake. (laughs) 
and I remember Father Fred going, whoa, dude, because he must have seen the look on my mm-hmm. face. He's like, look, this isn't signing up to be Catholic today. If you go through the process mm-hmm. and you decide it's not for you, right. you decide it's not for you. I'll put it exactly. in the shredder, man. Right? Like, So first off, it's okay. You can do that. Right. It's to help you discern whether that's exactly. where God's leading you. Yeah. Um, but what would you tell, like, are there any resources, books that you would say, if, if you're wanting to learn more, this is a good place, this is a good right. resource that I would read? Right. Well, of course, the... The Messenger Catholic Bookstore here in in Hayes, yeah, great source, and yeah. my family, you know, really, we thought about this as a family because you know we got these questions uh, before this, and there's two. Some people don't like to read, and so uh-huh. there's different channels on YouTube and oh, things sure, I recommend. Yeah. But as far as books and stuff like that, the first book that I read was uh, Stunned by Scripture, How the, B- the Bible Made Me Catholic, uh, and that was um, by Dr. John uh, Bergsma, B-E-R-G-S-M-A. Yep. If you're even considering becoming Catholic, you need to read that because that shows key points in the Catholic teachings that are very, very plainly presented in in scripture yeah so the other thing and this is a really good one highly recommend it is um, called when the church was young voices of the early fathers and this was written by a, an italian man um dr marcelino de ambrosio oh, yes have you ever read that one no i I've, i know Nazi the name man. it's good and then uh just a generic kind of a secular type source for is for the early fathers writings is called the faith of the early fathers uh it's volumes one two and three of course you have to buy all of them <laughs> not really just the first one's the best uh william a uh, jurgen uh, j-u-r-g-e-n-s the protestants uh, dilemma Devin rose he's i think he's one of the guys that's on ascension presents okay so of course you know that's that's awesome um and the two you know, Mary is a really big, big problem for a lot of Protestants. Yeah, it you was know, for me. It's a very controversial, it's a very foreign, I mean, you really have to have a complete paradigm shift to become a Catholic, yeah. you know, if you're a devout Protestant. So the one book, Brant Petrie, if you've, yeah. I'm sure you I know, know him well. Uh, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of Mary. Yeah. If you want to figure that out, there you go. Yeah. Jesus and the Jew- Jewish Roots of the Eucharist. Very good Same book. guy. Anything by Scott Hahn, of course. <laughs> yes. He is, um, you know, my wife, she she kept pushing Scott Hahn maybe on, on me because when I first listened to him on YouTube, he sounded way too Protestant. And I was like, mm, no. <laughs> but then I, I started watching him, and yeah. he's really knowledgeable. And so. Yeah, he's very intelligent. Maybe read him first. Read Rome Sweet. Right. Home. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I agree. If you listen to. Sometimes when you listen to people, like sometimes mm-hmm. when people listen to me, they're like, I don't want to listen to that guy. Right. But um, maybe, yeah. Well, why did we agree with me? But no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the other big one that it's. it's, it's kind of lengthy but it really answers a lot is um and and actually we didn't write down the author but is how to go from being a good evangelical to a committed catholic and 95 difficult steps (laughs) so that was a fun one um of course anything by um bishop baron father mike schmidt you know all those different youtube channels ascension presents and if you really want a resource for um protestants as they move towards the catholic church the coming home network it's it's really it's it's a resource specifically designed for Protestants that are moving into the Catholic Church. Yeah, um, Pints with Aquinas. Um, yeah, a, I like that one. Too. Uh, Keith Nestor. You know these different types of websites. One of the ones I liked too was um, the Catholic Gentleman. 
Oh, I don't, yeah. Have you ever seen that? <clears throat> I have once or twice. Yep. Yeah. So um, yep. that's what I would what I would really. And of course the the veil removed on YouTube. That's a cool one yeah. if you really understand what it's it's showing yeah. in that. And one of the biggest things, one of the most amazing things, coolest things I saw was a show on Amazon Video called Convinced. And it's like 10 bucks, it's worth it, but it's called Convinced. And one of the, the, I think she's a news reporter, she's really well known, I think, in the South, but she said on there that she was taught to seek truth and question assumptions. And she did a similar thing to me. And at the end, it's true. And that's, that's, that's it. Wow. If you really do the research and stay unbiased, yeah. it's true. Yeah. And I sure didn't want to become Catholic, but I sure <laughs> am glad I did. Yeah. Well, Dr. Murray, it was so good. You and I have got to hang out some more. Uh, I don't know exactly when we'll do it, but we've got to have right. a coffee or something sometime. Maybe you can wait till the school year's over. Uh, maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. Very good to meet you, sir. You too. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah. It was great having you on. Thanks for tuning in to One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. If you are a business or service that would like to underwrite this One Body show, please know that your promotion would run three times during the show that runs five times a week. Interested? Call us at 785-621-4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 105.7 KMDG Hayes, 101.7 KJDM Lindsborg Salina, 88.1 KRTT Great Bend, and 88.1 KVDM Hayes. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. One body.